This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Zubeda Hamid, your host for today. Think of Himachal Pradesh and you'll most likely think of apples growing there. Soon though, this apple growing state may legalize a new crop, cannabis. Last month, a five-member panel constituted by the government submitted a report that said the legalization of cannabis cultivation would be a game-changer for the state, enabling it to generate revenue and create employment. Himachal Pradesh is not the first state considering this. In 2018, Uttarakhand became the first state in India to legalize the cultivation of cannabis for industrial and scientific purposes. Controlled cultivation has also been allowed in parts of other states including Uttar Pradesh and Madhya Pradesh. Cannabis, marijuana, or ganja as it is commonly known, has a centuries-old history in India. It has grown wild abundantly, it's been cultivated, consumed, and parts of this versatile plant have been used for various purposes. In 1985, however, the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act or the NDPS Act banned the use of the resin, the flowering, and the fruit tops of the plant. Cannabis is made up of more than 120 components. Researchers now know a lot about two of them: cannabidiol (CBD) and tetrahydrocannabinol or THC. THC is the psychoactive substance of the plant, while CBD is not. Over the years, countries across the world have begun relaxing their stance on the use of cannabis for recreation and exploring the many uses that its extracts can have in both industrial and the medical field. Research has shown that CBD, for instance, can help treat childhood epilepsy syndromes that don't respond to anti-seizure medicine and may also help with anxiety, insomnia, chronic pain, among other health conditions. In India too there's now a growing industry for hemp products and CBD. In just 3 years it is reported that 50 new startups have come up in this industry in the country. So how does Indian law regulate cannabis? Do the laws need to be eased for medical and industrial uses? Should the recreational use of cannabis be allowed or will legalization increase drug abuse burden in India? We explore these issues and more with Tripti Tandon, an advocate based in New Delhi who specializes in drug policy. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Tripti. The Himachal Pradesh government seems to be moving towards legalizing cannabis cultivation in the state. In the light of this, could you explain to us what the current laws that regulate cannabis use in India are? Yes, I've seen news reports of the Himachal government uh, exploring means to regulate the cultivation of cannabis in the state in a very systematic way. I think they've set up a panel. Um, they have managed to garner broad consensus uh, among political parties. They've even studied the government of India's opium cultivation model. They've been studying, you know, aspects in other states, and I find that very encouraging. but i think fundamentally in india there is a lot of ambiguity and confusion around what the law permits and what it doesn't permit and which is often amplified by the use of uh, words like legalization of cannabis so i'm just going to try and uh, demystify um, the law and spell out some of the uh, basic uh, regulatory clauses that we have So the NDPS Act, the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act of 
was enacted pursuant to uh, various international drug conventions that India signed. And these conventions require the regulation of various substances called narcotic or psychotropic. And among these, three plants and uh, substances derived from these plants are sought to be regulated. And these three plants are the coca plant, the opium poppy, and the cannabis plant. Now, um, cannabis cultivation is permitted under the international uh, convention. So countries that wish to cultivate cannabis can do so, provided they meet two basic conditions. The first condition is that the purpose of the plant or the, the purpose for which the plant or its product must be put to use should be for medical and scientific uh, reasons. It cannot be otherwise. So recreational use of cannabis is not allowed uh, under the conventions. The second is that in addition to medical and scientific, also industrial and horticultural use of cannabis plant is permitted. So these are the purposes for which one can cultivate or, or produce cannabis. And the second condition is that any country that chooses to cultivate cannabis must have it fully under the control and supervision of the state or the government for that matter and set up an agency which is dedicated to this task like for in india for opium we have the central bureau of narcotics and the narcotics commissioner that oversees the the cultivation of the plant its processing etc if we were to do this for cannabis we would require a similar agency which can oversee uh, you know, the plant from seed to sale. India has these provisions in place in the NDPS Act. So Section 8 of the law allows um, uh, cannabis to be cultivated as well as uh, cannabis products to be uh, you know, lawfully procured, lawfully in, found in possession, to be used, manufactured, etc. Provided we meet the criteria of medical and scientific purposes, and also uh, it's done in accordance with rules which are um, uh, enunciated um, under the law. And uh, it is the state governments uh, which have the power to frame rules uh, in relation to cannabis uh, cultivation and also the use and possession of uh, cannabis products. Uh, now, I've, I must tell you that some states already have a regulatory framework in place in their, in their rules. For instance, uh, the uh, rules of Haryana and Himachal permit cannabis cultivation. Whether they've actually you know, put into action some of these rules is a question mark, but they have the framework on paper. And some uh, states also allow the use of medicines containing cannabis, like medicines containing ganja, uh, such as the states of Maharashtra and Orissa. So what I want to say is that the regulatory framework exists in the country, but whether it's been used, whether it's been tapped, whether it's, um, you know, fit for, because these were all rules made, you know, 30, 35 years ago. Are they apt for the present time? Do they meet the kind of uh, uh, medical and scientific rigor which has emerged in the field of uh, cannabis science is really the question mark. So the use of cannabis per se in India is not completely outlawed, correct? Cultivation is permitted, as you pointed out, for specific reasons and has to be controlled by a regulatory body. 
Yes, the broadly the purposes are medical and scientific, and we also allow uh, horticultural and industrial use, which is what the state of Uttarakhand has done, that it has per- per- uh, permitted cultivation of cannabis purely for industrial purposes. So the seed fiber from which you produce textile, uh, you know, rope and mats and um, uh, all of your cosmetic products, all of this, all of that is sourced from industrially produced cannabis, such as in the state of Uttarakhand. Tell us a little bit more about this Uttarakhand. They legalized cultivation six years ago, correct? And also controlled cultivation was since allowed in a few states like Gujarat and Madhya Pradesh. What has their experience been with the controlled cultivation? I think the preferable term is regulated cannabis cultivation. Like I said, legalization is a bit of a misnomer because what is unlawful, it's non-medical and non-scientific use. Anything which is within the rubric of medical and scientific use is uh, uh, not unlawful under the Act. So, uh, regulatory framework for cannabis cultivation, yeah, Uttarakhand was the first state, in fact, to announce uh, its policy, but it is limited to industrial use. So, medicinal use of cannabis, uh, I don't think uh, they allow. Unfortunately, I've not seen any proper evaluation of what their model was, how is it working, have there been any gaps? Have there been any instances of diversion from the uh, lawfully uh, cultivated cannabis? Is all of it procured by the state government? Do private uh, uh, companies also play a part? I've not seen any documentation or evaluation of that, which which would be nice actually uh, for states like Himachal to consider. Some other states have also given very limited uh, um, permission for mostly for research purposes. So the state of JNK had in 2017 allowed a, a government institute to research various cannabis uh, uh, strains and uh, see, you know, how we we can have if we can have low low THC content plants and how can they be um, cultivated safely, etc. Even the government of Uttra, uh, Uttar Pradesh had uh, uh, permitted a policy for research on um, on cannabis. Gujarat, I'm afraid I've, I've not heard um, of anything. But there is a, a body called the CSIR, the Council of Scientific and Industrial Research. It's a government of India um, uh, body uh, whose uh, botanical uh, research um, uh, institute it's based in Lucknow. They have been uh, pursuing research on cannabis very proactively. And in fact, some years ago, they had written to the central government saying we want to encourage this, not just in the state of Uttarakhand, but also other states to partake in the research. And the central government had encouraged that and written to state government saying, please allow this agency to uh, research. So that, that was encouraging that there is interest like there is internationally, also in India, to explore the various properties uh, and beneficial uses of the cannabis plant and its various products, and then, you know, uh, research it more and study it uh, better. So despite all of this being there in the law, there seems to be a huge, uh, what can I say, a huge uh, problem with the fact that, you know, cannabis is going to be regulated or it's going to come into the market soon and there seems to be a lot of apprehension associated with it. 
Is it because of the NDPS Act as such? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, uh, like I said, there's a lot of ambiguity around cannabis. It is one of those, you know, mystical plants. And even the law remains quite uh, shrouded in a lot of of confusion and a lot of gray areas. So, uh, you know, unlike the literature or what you read uh, in the media that this is about cannabis legalization or about cannabis. Cannabis under the NDPS is not just one product. It is different, different substances, different products and different provisions apply to them. For instance, there is something called the cannabis plant, which is the plant as a whole, the entire plant. Now, anyone cultivating the plant, if it's not authorized, goes to jail. It is not permitted. A lot of scientists talk about, like I said, low THC variety plant or high THC variety plant. But unfortunately, the law does not recognize any such distinction. The plant is the plant. And if it's authorized, it's fine. If it's not authorized, it's um, against the law. Then there is something called the cannabis hemp which is further divided into uh, charas or cannabis resin or hash. Then the second type is ganja. And the third is bhang. And bhang, by the way, is excluded from the NDPS Act because bhang is, uh, you know, a certain, like the cannabis leaves, which are not considered so uh, potent. And therefore, they are not part of the NDPS Act. So there is, again, a lot of confusion as to you know, products that are sourced from Bhang, are they part of the NDPS Act or are they not part of the NDPS Act? Uh, That's one. Then there is a third uh, variety called medicinal cannabis, which is treated as a manufactured drug and very different provisions of the NDPS Act apply to that. And then, of course, there is THC itself, tetrahydrocannabinoid, which is the the so-called intoxicant chemical uh, in in cannabis. Now, that is separate. That is a psychotropic substance under the Act. So the question is, THC is very strictly regulated. In fact, it's not permitted. You may permit the cannabis plant, you may permit ganja, but you don't permit THC. Now, when somebody seizes ganja and says, okay, okay, I have a license for ganja, What the enforcement agencies do is, no, but this ganja contains THC and therefore I'm going to prosecute you for THC. So it is so confusing, it's so complicated that anyone wanting to venture into the field of medicinal cannabis or exploring its uh, beneficial effects has to be wary of all of this and must understand the lay of uh, the law very, very well before uh, starting out. And uh, in fact, recently, there was a very unfortunate case where a young entrepreneur who was exploring this field and uh, had just, uh, you know, had a startup company for uh, products made out of bhang, medicinal products made out of bhang, and he had all the permissions um, required. Uh, During inspection of his company, the same thing happened. They did, you know, they, they, they did a test and they said, we have seized resin. Now, it was bhang, but unfortunately, the in the test, they called it resin. So this young man had to spend several months in prison just by doing everything above board. 
and uh, really battle it out in court first to get bail and then to have uh, the charges quashed. And, you know, people who have the means can still try that, but a lot of people can't. And just the process itself is a punishment here. So I think a lot of people, despite interest, despite, you know, a lot of scope and potential in this sector, many people would, would venture very slowly and cautiously and rightly so, because the law is so harsh and is sort of so overbroad, and just this fear of the NDPS is um, uh, quite uh, overwhelming. So, would you say that there is a case for completely overhauling the NDPS law? Yes, I'd say a complete overhaul would be ideal. But even if it's not a complete overhaul, there should be there's some aspects uh, that certainly need. Uh, review and reform. For instance, uh, this entire legitimate uh, work with with the narcotic drugs and psychotropic substances, including now uh, cannabis. Like I said, it's permitted under the law, but it's it it doesn't exactly work like that. And very recently, I cataloged at least sixty cases where legitimate um, uh, actors, whether it's pharma companies, whether it's uh, chemists, whether it's doctors, whether it's end-user patients, have all borne the brunt of the law, have all been uh, wrongly prosecuted because of either some misunderstanding by the enforcement agency or because we don't have the requisite forensic tests to, for instance, distinguish bhang from ganja and ganja from charas, or, um, uh, you know, uh, we don't have... uh, parameters to assess what is the quantity, because if you are operating under a license, you're authorized to have a certain quantity. But if that quantity is not calculated appropriately, you can be charged for having in possession much more than what you were authorized. So therefore, you are in the dock. Or even the police and judges, just complete ignorance about uh, the regulatory aspects uh, uh, of these uh, substances. And uh, worse still, there is a clause in the NDPS Act which says that, you know, you, it's, there's a presumption of guilt. So anybody who is, uh, uh, you know, has been, who's been charged, it is their duty to prove that they were innocent rather than the duty on the prosecution to show that uh, they have uh, uh, committed an offence. So some of these uh, licensed entities, they require, mul- they, you know, require multiple forms, multiple record keeping and registers, etc. Even the slightest of breach, an accidental mistake by somebody who's maintaining the record can lead you in prison. And the punishments are, of course, so draconian, starting as 10 years, that uh, it's, a, it's a very, very difficult area uh, to work in. And a lot of the licensed entities are actually rethinking uh, their uh, work and whether they want to be in this area. So while like I, the repeated message that I'm trying to convey is that while there's a lot of potential and promise in medicinal cannabis, until we, are, we clear uh, these regulatory aspects from paper to practice, it's going to be very difficult to bring in um, you know, new and budding um, entrepreneurs to come into this field. Speaking of the use of medical cannabis, it's uh, being increasingly explored, as we just discussed, and studied across the world to treat several health conditions. In India, is it regulated solely under the Ayush ministry? Because that seems to be the impression that many people have. 
Yeah, as of now, um, uh, there is no uh, like allopathic uh, practitioners do not recognize uh, cannabis or cannabis products as medicine. Though there is a lot of interest among oncologists and palliative care physicians, especially those treating uh, patients with cancer or AIDS, to uh, explore the use of cannabis for pain relief. Um, uh, bhang and ganja are, of course, recognized as um, uh, uh, drugs um, and poisons in the systems of Ayurveda, Siddha, and Yunani. And um, so those practitioners are permitted to use them in their uh, medicinal uh, formulations. But I think what happens is that people who source these medicines have to do it from what is called widely cultivated cannabis plants in the country because so far barring these few states that are just exploring no other state has properly um, permitted cannabis cultivation for medical purposes so even for these practitioners i think it's tough to secure uh, their uh, medicinal preparations of um, hang and ganja in a country like ours that has a high burden of cancer, as you pointed out, it's an area of research for oncologists and has very little palliative care to offer to its uh, end-stage patients. Do you think that uh, the use of med- medicinal cannabis could be better regulated? Could, could, it, could, it, uh, could it have far more potential if, if the law was not standing in the way? Yes, definitely. And I think uh, patients should have the option of exploring uh, whatever is available and whatever is known to work. Um, if if other countries can do it, why should patients in India be uh, deprived of uh, uh, medicinal uh, cannabis? Especially since it's... Especially when we have a long history. Yes, of, we have a long history. And this is, you know, like our, our hilly states is anyway hard to control the cultivation. The government itself recognizes, like I said, wildly growing cannabis so it just grows on its own so if there is so much abundance why not put it to proper use and have a, a framework which actually works works for the regulator works for the producer and supplier and works for the doctor and the patient one of the apprehensions uh, that experts in himachal pradesh have brought in is that um, it could add to india's uh, drug abuse burden is 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 that a is that a valid concern uh, well, already, uh, I think um, uh, there is, uh, you know, a, a large percentage of our population that uh, uses cannabis despite its uh, illegal uh, status. And uh, it's, it's, it's as many doctors say that if you want to uh, sort of use the substance for recreational purposes, you can find it easily. But if you're a patient and want to use it lawfully for medical use, you don't know where to find it. You wouldn't know. Like I said, some of these regulatory clauses are just, they're just there on paper. Nobody knows uh, what their practical application is like. So it's it's ironical that legitimate use is hard to secure, but illegitimate use is abundant. In the country, so I don't see why allowing legitimate use and channel channeling it within the regulatory framework uh, will lead to more abuse. Um, I don't see that as such a big concern. 
so as other some other countries have uh, begun or have already like done this they have uh, legalized recreational use of cannabis what what has their experience been like and is it possible for india to do something along those lines yeah there is, there are now a whole uh, array of countries that have uh, incorporated uh, policies uh, for uh, allowing a uh, non medical use of cannabis also so uruguay was the first country to have uh, done it nearly 10 years ago and then of course we had um, we had canada and in some countries like mexico and south africa it, you know it's coming from the courts where constitutional courts are saying that it is unconstitutional and violates rights if you punish people for using cannabis given that its harms are not you know um, as comparable to so many so many uh, other uh, drugs so there are what are you know countries where it's been done by then say the national government or the central government as it were and then there are countries with a federal structure like the united states like australia where under the national or the federal law cannabis is still unlawful but various states uh, because they have uh, the the power to do so have um, uh, allowed uh, recreational cannabis as 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 a lawful uh, substance and so it's we, we have these different models and whatever research that i have seen there's there's not been any kind of doomsday scenario it's not like everybody is doing cannabis in fact in europe with uh, some countries like uh, malta that have uh, experimented or even netherlands that that has had this sort of quasi legal uh, use for several uh, decades now the rates of cannabis use are comparable to countries where it's under strict prohibition in fact some would say that countries like in eastern europe like poland and russia the sort of uh, abuse is much more than countries where it's tolerated like um, netherlands or czechoslovakia or uh, some other western european uh, countries so i think there is you know there there is a lot for india to kind of be open to to explore and to learn and the two reasons why countries have chosen to legalize cannabis use the first is that the governments are very clear that they want control in their hands and not in the hands of illicit drug mafia because the substance is the same it becomes much more dangerous when it's controlled by mafia than when it's under state regulation and control and second is that criminalizing people for a substance that they choose to consume which is not as harmful as uh, you know as even alcohol for that matter uh, causes more harm so criminalizing people for cannabis use causes more harm than than cannabis itself so we don't want to mar young people's future because they happen to smoke a joint when they were young or they happen to just uh, you know uh puff a few <laughs> you know, try it out just party. to relax you yeah, try it out or just you know just to relax just to feel light just to kind of ease ease the stress that should not lead you to prison um so i think better sense is prevailing on many in many countries and um, india should definitely be open to the question i think more than whether we do it or not the challenge will be how we do it because if we don't do it in a clear way if we leave the law as ambiguous as it is today 
are going to pretty much end up with, in the same place um, because you don't uh, clarify a lot of the concepts in the law and their application by law enforcement uh, agencies. Uh, so that aspect must must be very clear in any decriminalization uh, effort that uh, may be considered. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Tripti. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.